Hello, and welcome to this podcast presented by the Southern Alberta Council on Public Affairs. Hello, everyone. We're going to get started here on time as usual. A proud SACPA tradition to get started on time. Uh, my name is Knut Peterson. I'm going to be your moderator today. Uh, today's session deals with uh, taxation, which uh, uh, is a hot topic at any time. And our speaker is uh, Stan Dilworth from the City of Lethbridge. He's the tax assessor for Lethbridge. So he's the one who tells you how much to pay, so to speak. And he will explain why. Uh, before we get started, uh, I'd like to remind you to turn your cell phone off, if you can. Uh, and the cost of today's session is uh, $11. Uh, that includes uh, coffee and everything, so hopefully uh, you can tap someone at each table, make sure that the right amount is in the basket, so when we pick it up, it'll be ready to go. The other thing I want to mention uh, is that next week is our last session, and following that is on the 18th is uh, our ABM. So if you like to get a free meal at the ABM, you need to be a member, a current member. So Annalise will gladly take your money. So $25 for a membership. Which means that your lunch will actually only cost $14. Uh, you know, the membership will only cost $14, really. Anyway, I want to make sure I give Stan plenty of time. So, the topic today is how is Lethbridge property owners affected by the provincial government's downloading of cost? Uh, it probably starts with the federal government downloading costs onto the provinces. The provinces download costs down to the cities and municipalities, and municipalities got nowhere else to go than the taxpayer. So uh, I'd like to invite you to give Stan a warm welcome. He'll come up and tell you where we're at, so to speak. Pleasure to be here to uh, speak to the uh, Southern Alberta Council on Public Affairs. Uh, great to see so many faces and uh, people interested in, uh, I guess, public affairs that are happening in this province. A little surprised this morning when I uh, opened up the newspaper and read that uh, uh, I was going to be speaking about future tax increases in Lethbridge. Uh, we just sent out our tax uh, bills last Friday, and you probably got them. And uh, that's the last thing I want to talk about today, is future tax increases. In fact, um, if uh, when I go through this and talk about some of the exemptions that are provided for large industrial properties and, and other groups, um, if this was corrected, uh, I'm sure all of our taxes would go down. We'd have more people sharing the tax burden. 
So I want to start off first of all with uh, what's considered principles for an effective uh, property tax system. So the purpose of the system is to provide a fair and equitable distribution of the tax burden. Everybody pays their fair share. Um, you know, the system should be transparent and it should be easy to understand. It should be very, it should be cost efficient and administratively efficient to administer or to uh, put in place. It should provide a stable and uniform and predictable tax from one year to the next. You know, nobody likes their taxes going up 50% uh, one year and down the next year there needs to be some predictability to it. Um, also, there should be a separation of tax policy from the assessment process. So if you're going to provide some tax incentive or tax exemption, it shouldn't be hidden away in the assessment process. Um, and any exemptions that you apply should be measurable. So if government wants to promote uh, development of heavy industry, uh, that should, when they provide an exemption, that should be measurable. And at the end of the day, they should, uh, should be able to tell whether their uh, policy was successful or not successful. So where does your property tax go? Well, it's shared uh, primarily with two groups and then a third group. Uh, municipalities take probably the majority of it. It changes from municipality to municipality. And uh, a lot of your taxes go towards, about 25% in Lethbridge go towards provincial education. And about 1% in Lethbridge go towards the uh, administration of senior management bodies created by the province. So this is a timely uh, subject at this moment because the province is currently reviewing the Municipal uh, Government Act and they're reviewing all of the assessment and tax rules. So there's been a large consultation process on the go for the last uh, couple of years. And there's been much stakeholder input. Uh, industry has sent in many, many papers. Obviously, they believe they're overtaxed. Uh, professionals such as myself uh, have sent in uh, our opinions and uh, I sit on the Alberta Assessors Association Ledge Policy Committee and as a group we've sent in our, our positions. Uh, municipalities have also sent in their positions about how uh, to uh, get a fairer and more equitable distribution of the tax burden. So, how do we get to where we are today? Well, back in 1996, there was a new act um, passed, the Municipal Government Act, and it moved assessments from a regulated cost approach for all properties to a market value approach. So most of the properties in the city of Lethbridge, your residential, your commercial, your industrial, are done on a, a market value approach. However, there's a whole group of properties that are still on the regulated approach. When the province made their change in 1996, uh, they were undergoing considerable changes. They wanted to get out of the assessment business. And in many people's view, the job only got half finished. The regulated property uh, uh, properties in the, in the province were left under an old system. So market value assessments, um, they're used for the vast majority of properties, as I explained. Uh, there are three approaches to value, direct sales, comparison. So if you've got a lot of sales in residential property, we look at, uh, uh, at the sale prices and, uh, and that's how we do our residential property. Commercial properties, where there's uh, properties are rented or leased, we take the income, we capitalize the income, and we come up with a value. And for those unusual properties, um, we use a cost approach to value. Pretty simple to understand, most people 
understand what the value of their property is and can compare to other people's properties valuations are done annually so they're always up to date and this system is internationally recognized and i'd like to say in alberta that we have a cadillac of systems for market value properties now on to the second phase well we've got a series of what's called regulated property assessments what are they well they're linear property the electric power uh, generation and distribution those are like your power lines uh, you see over the street your telecommunications such as your Shaw cable and then there's another group uh, for carriers that are uh, governed by the, uh, um, the CRTC uh, there's pipelines there's wells there's gas distribution and there's street lighting uh, that's the linear property sector there's also another group uh, or a different assessment process for ra railways and then there's another category of property called machinery and equipment and the last regulated property is the uh, kind of a motherhood one farmland um, so when we look at linear property and keeping in mind the principles that I brought up about it being easy to understand and transparent uh, I just put up a, a definition here of, of uh, a brief summary of the definition of linear property so you can see it uh, includes such things as transmission and distribution lines well pipe um, those things but it doesn't include other items um, that might be above ground uh, regulating station stations or the land and improvements that uh, are included on the linear the linear property so a quick um, quick chart uh, regulated rates are established by the province um, they can go in different directions as you see cable and pipelines on the right uh, or on the left and power distribution on the right and there's different rules for each one of these groups and in the next slide um, you can see that the market value properties are on your left hand side they're done by direct sales cost income there's a whole series of steps as you can see on the right hand side for um, regulated property if you're not confused by now seek counseling so two of the groups uh, under well there's linear property and machine and equipment and you can have pieces of equipment or property that look identical and yet they have quite uh, different means of assessment and taxation and it's based on what they're used for who owns them and where they are I'm not sure those are solid criteria for valuation so we have an example here and we have uh, see the blue boxes there and the equipment very similar equipment uh, the one on the left is linear property and it's included in the pipeline assessment and it has zero assessment the one on the right is machinery and equipment you would not know the difference um, but it has an assessment and it has a tax so when we look at this a little more closely if you fall in the linear property guideline um, if you have a complaint about your assessment it's filed with the municipal government board um, if you have a complaint about your machinery and equipment and these could be side by side on the same parcel of property you have to go to the local um, the composite assessment review board which is run by the local municipality 
In addition, uh, when we look at evaluation standards, both of them use regulated rates. And what that means is the government provides cost manuals and they're assessed uh, using the same rates. Um, different manuals for each side could be the same equipment, could have different rates on it. Um, now we move to the evaluation standard. Um, so the level of assessment for linear property is 100% of its value. However, machine equipment is only assessed at 77% of its value. So after the initial assessment's done on the cost, uh, depreciation is applied. So uh, for linear property, you can see there's various depreciation rates depending on the type of linear property. On the other side, you can have exactly the same equipment, and machine equipment receives a, uh, a fixed and immediate 25% depreciation. So remember, we're at the 77% level, and now 25%, so you've got a brand new piece of equipment that's worth $100,000, and it's now assessed at about $57,000. Brand new. Um, then we go on. There is different schedule for applying uh, additional depreciation. And depending on which linear property it is, that changes by category. Um, the M&E is uh, not table driven and uh, must be proved by, by evidence that there's additional depreciation. So who prepares these assessments? Well, we're just at the same property and uh, the linear property is done by uh, an assessor designated by the minister. Somebody from the province comes out and has a look at it. And if the if it's machine equipment, the assessor for the appointed municipality, the appointed assessor, uh, comes out and looks at the machine equipment, picks it up. So in some cases, you can imagine we have same property uh, assessed twice. In other uh, areas, we have same property not assessed at all. Um, so we move on to the assessment classification, which is the taxation rate. Linear property is classed as non-residential. Machinery and equipment has a class of its own. So based on that classification, uh, the tax liability is for linear property subject to both municipal and education taxes. Um, there is an exemption for electric power generation, and I'll get into that a little later. Uh, machinery and equipment is subject to municipal taxes at the non-residential rate. Back in the Klein era, towards the end of the last uh, millennium, uh, it was decided that machine equipment, we were, they were going to reduce the tax rate from uh, the same as non-residential to zero. So machine equipment no longer pays any education tax in this province. Um, So, we also have different assessed people. Um, in the linear property, the assessment notice is sent to the operator of the linear property. That's not always easy to find who is operating the linear property. And uh, the province relies on self-reporting. So, it doesn't get reported, well, it doesn't get assessed. Uh, machine equipment is, uh, is assessed and taxed to the owner of the machine equipment, sent out by the municipality and uh, the assessment notice is sent out by the municipality and uh, uh, usually it's a little easier to collect off of the property owner. There are uh, mechanisms and means that you can uh, do the collection. 
So some of the uh, differences between machinery and equipment that I've outlined is who's, ass who's assessed? Who really, is it the operator or is it the owner? Is the property machinery equipment or is it linear? There's obviously increased confusion and uh, there's two levels of government involved, the province for linear and the local assessor for uh, the machinery and equipment. So some examples here is you'll notice there's two towers here that look relatively similar. Um, tower on the left is linear assessment at $210,000. The building, the fence, the land is non, uh, assessed as non-residential uh, by the local assessor. The linear assessment is completed by the provincial assessor. Tower on the right is non-residential at $85,000. You notice the difference in the rates in the assessment. And the equipment is machine equipment, so it's at $90,000. Um, and uh, of course that machine equipment is exempt from school uh, taxation. Both are telecommunication towers, they serve the same purpose. The only difference here is the ownership. One is owned by a company that's uh, governed by the CRTC and the other one's not. We have another picture here of uh, some linear property and these are uh, somewhat similar uh, equipment um, that are used to run. One of them, the one on the left, is um, actually integrated into the, um, the, the linear property, and so it has a zero assessment. The one on the right is considered machine and equipment and is assessed at $25,000. Sorry, on the wrong slide, but same, same, uh, same discussion, different values. All right, so there's some problems uh, with the current system as it deals with uh, linear property and machine and equipment. So moving on, um, as I said, one of the key principles, again, is clarity and easy to understand. Uh, we look at the definition of uh, machine equipment. It uh, means materials, devices, fittings that forms an integrate part of the operational uh, unit used or intended to be used for the following purposes. A um, lot of room for interpretation there of what it is we're actually looking at and what if it's accessible or not. So the first question, is it used in uh, manufacturing and processing? Is that occurring in the, in the place it's, it's at? The second thing is, in the process, is there a change in nature? A recent decision uh, in Alberta is that um, uh, they found by changing, mixing um, the different types of gas to get a higher octane uh, resulted in this being considered machine equipment. So a uh, lack of property owned by the oil company was moved from the one category to the other, uh, no longer pays school tax, and um, has a lower rate of assessment. And some of the other things are, are all of the components integral to the operational unit. So you could have a cr two craneways in the same uh, business uh, or in the same property. One could be used as part of the man manufactured and processing. The other could be just moved to move uh, there to move the stuff around. Uh, one is assessed uh, using machine equipment rates. The other one is assessed using uh, regular building and structure rates. And the result will be quite different. Uh, when we look at it, the evaluation standard for machine equipment, I mentioned this before, uh, most of our properties are at 100% market value. The machine equipment is at 77% of value. 
The last time the rates were updated, I believe, was 2006. So we've seen a few changes since then. And um, the not only the rates outdated, but some of the technologies that are in place today uh, are not even included in the rates and, and oftentimes are left unassessed. Um, and these properties get a 25% fixed and immediate uh, depreciation, as I mentioned previously. So some issues with the uh, M&E. The rates are outdated. Uh, there's no rate for new technologies. Definitions are outdated. 77% uh, level and 25% fixed and immediate. Another interesting thing that uh, we came across in our committees is that we have um, drag lines and these huge trucks. You'd never see them on the highway, but you know they're a size of three or four houses, and they're used exclusively for extraction of, of uh, oil or coal. Um, now, in the oil sands, this equipment is considered exempt from assessment and taxation. However, the same equip equipment, if you drive west on Highway 16 out about uh, by Wobman there where they have the coal fields, you'll see the same equipment and it's accessible and taxed. So there's a real unfairness in, in, that, uh, in that current setup. So quickly on to railways. Uh, railways, there's vast exemptions for uh, bridge construction uh, and for other construction costs. The railway land itself is assessed at farmland values. So you might have, if you, any of you been to Calgary and south of the Palisades Hotel there, they've got all of the, the tracks and the station grounds running through the center of Calgary. Well, they're assessed at next to nothing, absolutely next to nothing. Um, in addition to that, there's a 60% economic depreciation factor applied to all of the, the rail lines and, and uh, all that stuff that uh, goes into uh, uh, building the roadway. An example of this, once again, we're back on the towers. Now, we have two uh, towers here. Uh, one of them is owned by CN Rail and is used in connection with the railway operations. So it falls under the definition of railway, and therefore there's um, no assessment or tax on that. I if it was accessible, it would be assessed at about $730,000 and probably a tax of uh, well about uh, $14,000 on it. The buildings and the land are assessed in this particular picture. Okay, so what's happening with farmland assessments? Um, if you have a farm that's in this inside an urban municipality, uh, the farmland, the land is assessed the same as if it's in the county. It's at regulated rates, and I'll get into that a little later. Um, if you have a farm residence on there, and you're in the city, you you pay based on 100% of your market value, the same as all other residences in the city. However, if you're out in the, uh, in, in the rural area, on your first residence, you get a 61,540 assessment exemption. So you don't pay any tax on that first 61,000. And if you have a second or third or fourth residence, uh, you get up to a $30,000 uh, exemption on those. So then we go to the farm buildings and um, if you have a farm building, you're in the city, it's 50% taxable, 50% exempt. If you're in the rural area, uh, it's not even accessible, not even on the books. So if you think about some of the intensified farming that you see across uh, this province and the, you know, the infrastructure that needs to go into those, those type of uh, facilities, 
uh, all of their buildings are exempt from taxation. So there's a there's a little poultry farm on the west side of Edmonton as you go to Highway 16. Um, it's a multi-million dollar business. I won't give you the name of it, but uh, they they are sell uh, poultry across Western Canada, and uh, their property assessment per year is around forty-five dollars. So, um, in addition to that, there's under the definitions of farming, uh, there's no currently there's no income criteria. So if you've got some land out there and you want to take a half a dozen horses and let them run around, uh, you too could be a farmer and see your taxes drastically reduced. Uh, I mentioned the intensified uh, buildings. Um, that's a common complaint by rural municipalities now in, is that they're providing services to these intensified farms and they're not paying their fair share. All the farm buildings are exempt. Their use of, far of the um, rural services is greater than the uh, let's say a grain farmer and uh, so there's a real unfairness. Now the farmland rate of assessment is $400 an acre. Uh, I don't think, uh, <laughs> I can't remember the last time you could buy farmland for $400 an acre. Um, so what, what we're seeing in the rural municipalities is um, so that the rural residents don't get hit uh, too drastically is the tax rates on, on farming farm property is about yeah about five times what what the uh, um, what the rural assessment is. So we have an example here of um, two buildings that look pretty similar. Uh, the one on the left is used as a farm building. Um, it's exempt from assessment; it pays nothing. The one on the right is a non-farm building, and it's assessed at one hundred fifty-five thousand dollars there and it would pay taxes. Some other exemptions, this is a fairly minor one, but we have all this forestry going on in this province and we, we have uh, large companies coming in and harvesting our trees and whatnot. All that timberland is exempt from assessment and they pay no tax, no property tax on, on those uh, properties. So when they brought market value into place, um, market value was supposed to be used to assess all major industrial plants. But they are somewhat difficult to assess and so the province came along and they passed this uh, construction cost reporting guide. So before construction costs or construction starts, um, this is a very, very technical issue and a very, very complex and difficult uh, process they put in place. Um, so before things start, a, a request must be sent out to the property owner and uh, they've got to describe in detail what they're going to do and, and what they're not going to do. So you can imagine for a, a CNRL plant up in Fort McMurray worth $12 billion uh, and you want to know the size of all the pipes and all of the equipment that goes in there and whatnot, how lengthy these uh, reports can be. And it's self-reporting. So they're lengthy and they're very complex and they require significant time and, and skill to analyze. So oftentimes the assessor is forced to engage an engineer uh, and quite often a lawyer becomes involved. Um, I mentioned the CNRL plant in Fort McMurray, 12 billion. 
Uh, it went on the roll after self-reporting for $1.5 billion. The local assessor in the area, this is back in 2010, um, didn't like the reported cost. He raised it to 2.5 on $12 billion. Uh, that's been in court since. The legal cost to the municipality of Wood Buffalo has exceeded $1.2 million. Um, I, you know, one would, when I put lawyers down there, you really do need lawyers to guide you through this stuff. So part of the excluded cost in CCRG is the preparation cost. So uh, if you're going to build a house, you get an architect, he designs the house, that's all part of your cost. Uh, at the end of the day, you hope to recover that when you sell your property. Uh, excluded for uh, large plants. Your labor costs, any overtime is excluded from the cost. Um, and labor costs are generated or usually reduced down to what it would cost if you were in the middle of Edmonton getting the construction done. So let's say you've got an existing plant and you have to shut down for three months while you, you add on to it. Those shutdown costs, your, la lack, your loss of production over that time period, are deducted from the assessment forever. Um, you know, you, you have your house at home, you put your driveway in, you put your trees, your fencing, all that stuff. Um, on these large plants, your fencing, your roadway costs, your site preparation are all excluded from assessment and taxation. And not only that, you get to the, the companies get to report as they see fit, and, um, and oftentimes there's quite a bit of a dispute over what's reported and what's actually there. So in summary on the large plants here, um, inadequate and inaccurate costs uh, can, can lead to very, very poor assessments. The assessment departments are uh, inadequately staffed to really um, uh, spend the time that's needed on these, and the appeal process is long, causing instability in the assessment and tax base. And I refer you back to the principles that, uh, that I put up at the front. Um, you know, these all fly in the face of those principles. So a couple other quick things. Uh, nice picture here of a golf course. Um, it's located on a dam, reservoir area. So it's exempt from assessment and taxation. This one's uh, there's one located in Calgary on the Bull Re Reservation, or Reservation Reserve, and uh, it's um, exempt from taxation. Uh, the tailing ponds that are up in Fort McMurray they're all considered uh, dams and waterways. They're exempt from taxation. Uh, your electrical, you know, we've uh, deregulated in the province and we sell electricity to the United States. Um, those dams that produce the electri electrical uh, electricity that we sell are exempt from assessment and taxation. So one of the, the key principles about exemptions is that all properties should be assessed so that the cost of the tax exemption can be measured. Uh, and so you can ascertain at the end whether the purpose of this, uh, this exemption or this uh, incentive is reaching its desired goals and outcomes. Okay. Um, so very quickly, I'm just going to skip on and, and uh, give you a quick conclusion on this. Um, as I said, the Municipal Government Act is currently under review. And I would encourage anybody that uh, has an interest in these issues to uh, put in your submissions or your 
the, the information uh, to the province. Um, exemption on education for M&E amounts to $258 million, sorry, $259 million this year. So we say we're short of education funding. We provided this exemption that never used to be in place uh, 10, 12 years ago. So um, solutions to this, let's bring all properties to 100% level. Let's use, if we're going to do it on a cost approach, let's use current up-to-date costs reflecting market value principles. Um, provide rates for all the new technologies and uh, depreciation should be based on uh, market value principles. Um, same date of assessment for all properties. Remove tax exemptions hidden in the assessment process and uh, we would have, at the end of the day, if we, these changes were implemented, you and I would see our own property taxes decline. It's not a matter about collecting more um, from some groups than another. It's a matter of providing a fair and equitable system so that we all pay uh, our own fair, our fair share based on uh, the property that we own. Okay. Sorry to run over, and uh, 